the Dad's Podcast. We live, we lit. We live, we lit. Let's go. Fellas, good morning. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm here with three lovely gentlemen. I ain't, you mean, I ain't going to cap. I love y'all. It's brotherly love in the building. Thank you for having me. It's Nas in the building. Twan, what's up with y'all? Misfit. And it's your boy, Kai. All right. We're going to jump right into it. A practice talk? Like, mind you, this is practice. Practice, right. Okay, okay. I want, I want these bulls to warm up. We're going to jump right into it. We're going to get there. Hmm. We're going to get the engine started. Rev them up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. whatever's on your mind about their childhood experiences, how they want to do things differently moving forward, some of the pressure that's on them, this is a space to go ahead and get it off with. Now, if anybody want to start, that's cool, or I can start. Go ahead. Oh, you're going with me. Yeah. All right. So my upbringing, my upbringing was crazy. A um, lot of abuse, verbal, sexual, physical. Um, no love really in the crib. Cold atmosphere. Uh, and jumping forward, just really wanted to change that with the household that I'm looking to create. Um, from about 5 to, what, 12? is when I dealt with everything I dealt with. And then boom, 15, I was kicked out. And then I was in the streets. All my anger that I had towards not being able to talk to somebody, not being able to go to somebody, not having a father. Through all of that, father figures, but still nobody to talk to. I didn't meet father figures until I really hit the streets. But then it's like, nah, I got my friends. I got this I got this weed, I got this drink. I mean, I got my boys, I got these girls that I'm dealing with. So that's just where I was at. I didn't care for having a dad. Just like at the time when I got kicked out, I didn't care for having a grandmom. I didn't care for having a mom. It was just me, myself, and I. I never saw myself in this position, being a father. Um, I wanted it, but I think it was just because I wanted to fill a void. Mm. I was just like, you know what? I didn't have this, so when I have it, I'm going to just do X, Y, and Z. Little did I know. Living in living in that space of immaturity, I wasn't all the way prepared. Not saying that everybody is prepared, but that's just me being open and honest about how I wasn't prepared. And now here I am. Would you say be prepared now? No, still not prepared. But I'm definitely going with the motion of things, and I'm I'm adjusting. You got to adjust on the fly. That is probably the biggest thing as a father, as a parent, so adjusting on the fly. You, let me ask you this: uh, Do you find yourself? Still dealing with the challenges. It's like your little boy dealing with the challenges of having his dad and not as a man. And still in that mindset, like still issues surfacing on abandonment issues or whatever issues that you had in the beginning. Do you still find yourself standing there in the mirror like, all right, I'm still dealing with this right now? When you go to my Facebook, Malachi, BLK Armstrong, Mm -hmm. Instagram, BLK, um, Black Little Kid you see this picture of a baby boy. And that picture's not just there to get likes. Mm. That picture is there because every time I go to that social media and I go to promote music, promote the book, promote this podcast, I'm looking at that little boy and I'm saying, yo, you gotta tackle everything that you didn't speak out about. Mm. Everything that you're faced with today, I'm dealing with almost as that boy that's on my social media pages. Mm. So, definitely. Mm. Um. My my life is similar to yours. First of all, I like, thank you for bringing me here. 
course. Um, if you already know today, make a year that we met around mm. this time at Red Terminal. Red Terminal. And look where the podcast is. Look That's where it. we had to park at. Yeah. <laughs> so a um, little bit short and sweet about my childhood. It's uh, similar, but um, mine start off with abuse from the very beginning. Like um, hearing stories about, you know, getting shooken as a baby. You know, almost lose your life as an infant straight out the room. Uh, hearing stories, your pop ain't really, you know, care for you. And if I had to pick three words, abandonment, divide, and abuse. And more so mental. Um, so I say the abuse starts from straight out the room all the way up to I graduated high school. Like, yeah, for a whole 18 years. Uh, 18 years of abuse of getting told what you can do, what you can't do. You're not going to amount to this. Even You're not going to even graduate high school. So, dealing with that, you know, challenges of boys, you know, how can I step into a man trying to, how to step into myself, dealing with a father that telling you, you're not going to amount to this, you're not going to do this. Feeling that sometimes you love in the crib, the divided of mother and father, your your dad not really wanting you to be close to your mother. Your, your mother not really finding out that you're close to your dad. Or, you know, separation and discipline with uh, your mom saying, you can't do this, but your dad saying you can. So it's like split discipline. You don't know who you listen to. So it's like more mental. Your mind is messed up. You know, I don't know who to listen to. I don't know who to listen to my pop. I don't know who to listen to my mom. I don't know. I got to make a decision. And I know if I don't make the decision, I'm going to get in trouble. So different things like that. You know, not able to have a voice of what's going on, the bullying in school, or being sexually abused, but not able to tell your peoples about what's going on. And then when you tell your peoples, you work as a liar. So now you decide to sit there and act like this never happened to me, but I know it happened to me. So, pretty much. So, now I'm a grown man. My father is gone. Still question marks there. Can't ask him a question because he's no longer here. So, as a man, as I'm looking in the mirror, I'm still dealing with abandonment issues. I'm still dealing with, you know, me having a son. I got to, you know, change that. My father wasn't there for me to talk to and be there for. So, I got to remind myself that I got a son. I got to, even when he talked to me about the littlest, craziest things, be keen, get my keen ear to him so he can know that I, I care about him, even a little bit about pop, um, whatever it is, girls, basketball, whatever it is. Learning that I got to be there for him from the biggest to the smallest thing. So when you talk about the subject of now, it's about being the father better than my dad, what he wasn't to me as far as supporting, having an heir, supporting him, and showing that I'm loving him no matter what. Not telling him when you turn a certain age that I'm done with you. I'm a father the time you was born and to the times whatever forever pass me that henny <laughs> <laughs> like Hendo. i don't know if i was rambling but you know what i'm saying no you good bro <laughs> 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 they gotta hear it um first i want to say thanks uh oh thank introduce you yourselves yes thank you nice for that um my name is twine um also, want to thank Kai and you know Nas and Erica and all, all y'all for um, helping me be here. 
I mean, especially Brody. I mean, it's been a long time. Uh, and it's crazy because it's been – I stopped counting after a while, so I don't even know how many years it's been. But um, about 20. That's, that's, that's probably close to 25. That's a good estimate. Probably close to 25, but it's been a long time, you know what I'm saying, since since while losing. A lot of the same stuff that we dealt with um, came at different periods. So when he was talking about, like, what he dealt as a kid, a lot of stuff, like, I can't relate to. Um, the stuff that I can say as far as my piece on as far as, like, abuse was uh, more secondary, like watching like other people in my family and stuff like that, watch what they went through. But it's like, um, at the time, and even now, like, um, I'm better at it now, but at the time when I was a kid, I didn't realize it, but I would like absorb, depending on who you was to me, like if you was going through some shit and it was real, like, and I was exposed to it, like, I would absorb it in a way, like. Right, carry the burden with them. Like a, like an empath, but I feel like on, like, a higher level to the point where, like, it would be to my own detriment sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, my, my older brother was uh, abused by my uncle, which is some crazy shit, cause like uh, I didn't find out till I was older, and 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 that piece alone was something, and that was the only male in my family, um, and I don't know him. He he got sent upstate um, for twenty plus years, and and been uh, what's the way uh, banished from my family. So I don't know him. So growing up, it was no man. Um, I was never given the option to know my dad or anything. So um, that's a, a a blank space, a question mark. Um, I remember bits and pieces of my grandpa. Um, I think he died about 97. So I was about six. I don't remember too much on that. But it's really been just uh, growing up, learning things from uh, now that I know uh, toxic single women, which is what it is. But it didn't hurt in the time because as a kid, like, I was, like, uh, I was cold. Like, honestly, like, outside of, like, falling and, like, busting your knee open, like, I, I I didn't even cry as a kid, so like I just had a conversation with my my, my family about that shit, cause I was going through shit and I was like, yo, I never felt so emotional in my life, and it felt so weird because I never had to deal with, I never dealt with that shit. Like a lot of shit growing up as a kid, never dealt with, and then that shit come crashing down like the the weight of, for instance, of fatherhood. Like that weight just fell out of space and just with all the momentum from falling out of space when I was a kid 
I feel like it's like it hits everybody. But depending on your preparation, it don't hurt you as much. Because by the time they get to you, for some people it's just a tap on the back because they was prepared. And some people wasn't. And they get knocked on their on their face. But that's how I felt. Like I was just going through life. Thinking you just had to be adult out here. <laughs> I felt like it was it wasn't man, woman. That was the same thing in my household. From my grandmother, my great grandma, my great great grandma. I know Couple generations back, all the same thing. Strong, single black women, no man around. And that's dating back generations. Like my grandmother was the only person that was ever married in my family. And that felt like, yeah, because it wasn't to our grandpa. Like, so it's like not even having that. Because a lot of people could say, oh, I had my grandpa. You know what I mean? Like, he was the old head that you go talk to about something. Mm-hmm. Like just growing up, going through a lot of stuff, and always having to revert to a skewed way of thinking from a, another person. This is also the other gender, so they don't even really relate. But they don't even know that that that, that they can't relate until so you you get older and, and when you really get, especially when you go make a baby, all of that you just gotta put that shit in the bag. Throw it over your shoulder. Right. I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear Mike's side of things now. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> Misfit. Um. First off, I feel extremely compelled to say this. Everything that we've been through, everything that the guys are explaining, which was their upbringing, and you know, as you get older, you're taking it in differently because now you're looking at it with an older lens compared to as a child looking at it. I want to say that we are all in a position to make things better for the future generation just based off the shit that we've been through. And there are lives, like, lives that you come across. You come across, you know, let's say you're dealing with somebody. They have kids or being around someone who has kids. Like, you're in a position to actually (laughs) make a positive change just off of the stress that we've been through. And... I guess that's to say that it wasn't for nothing, as fucked up as it was. It Heavy. wasn't for nothing because now there are some motherfuckers that's going to love you and really appreciate your role in their life. And they don't even know why. But when it comes to me, I want to say same story. Um... toxic growing up my parents were toxic one it was plural 
Yeah. I have like real strong memories of my mom and my dad fighting and the shit they would fight about. Bring it back to looking at it with the older lens. It was fucking insane. <laughs> right. Like it was just the pettiest of the fucking petty. Like I think that they both was just petty at this point. Like one fight in particular just to explain how petty these motherfuckers were. Right. My mom bathed me. She took me on the shower. She laid me on the bed. She's getting me dressed for bed. My dad comes in like, why are you putting that on him? Mom like, because this is what I want to put on him. He like, no, he wearing that. They go back and forth. Eventually start like trying to even get me into it, like undress me at the. This ended in these motherfuckers fist fighting in the living room for me to just see it. <laughs> right. So it's toxic. Very toxic. Um, I forgot who, but someone spoke on. Uh, one parent not wanting the other parent to be involved in the child's life. Uh, yeah, that that's what my mom here. did. Right. That's what my mom did. You know what I'm saying? She removed my father from my life, and it wasn't his choice. That's the thing. And she's extremely toxic. Not extremely toxic, but more on the abusive side verbally abusive which can hinder confidence as a child bring up insecurities that don't need to be there anxiety physically abusive anxiety (laughs) (laughs) love you mom (laughs) like you know yeah and um when it comes to the father figure, since he was removed, and you know, I know him now, and I know it wasn't his choice, but I guess I wasn't so pressed about it, or I didn't understand how to be pressed about it. Mm, I can relate I, to that. Like, I, not understanding how to take him now being where he is, and you being where you are, and accepting him, or embracing the relationship now. Yeah. And it's, it's neither one of y'all fault, really, but it's just, it just happened to y'all. But it's a but, neutral coldness there, like yeah. numbness, I would say. Yeah, you just got to kind of Because he adjust. had to move on. Like, life don't stop, and that's the part, you know what I mean? So if life stopped and let you deal with that, however you chose to deal with it, it'd be different. But life keep moving. You got to keep moving with it. Yeah, I had, so like, homework and shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You <laughs> there, or boy, <laughs> but as a man, it's another thing. <laughs> it's like... We have to keep moving forward no matter what's going on. Yeah, with all these thoughts that circle in your head, like it's just simply like I, I gotta go to work, bro. I, <laughs> I can't really dwell on this too long, but <laughs> I was grateful enough to have an older brother. Um, and we are yeah. nine years apart, so mm. he was the only male role model I had as right. a child. Mm. Right. Yes, I, I and he was still a child, right. so like I'm like nine looking at a teenager right. for guidance and how I'm supposed to be and how to move and he don't even know grooming. He don't even know. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? But I really do that. <laughs> still to this day, that's really that's still my only my older brother. Yeah, so, so I, I say like uh, I don't I, I still to this day I say, Well, I don't really need a dad. I got my my big brother, that's my dad. Like he's always been there for me. Right. Can't so much relate. Um 
Bodo in his back, the oldest brother out of right. three sisters. Yeah, me too. So yeah. did you ever think the that that that, that your sisters are looking at you like right. the see, dad? See, the thing is, but that is when you grow into the field that I was growing from, it wasn't no choice. Your my job was to babysit. Mm-hmm. Was to pick my sisters up. My job was to help them with their homework. My yep. job was to feed them every single day. So when it, when it come down for me, want to play ball, do this, do that, I couldn't do that. I didn't have a start feeling like I had a life until seventeen, eighteen. Mm-hmm. And while you are groomed to, this is what you gotta do: take care of your sister, put them on the back. Like that was an ongoing. Even even that, because with that, caused the family to divide because. Being me graduating from 18 years old, seven years later, a couple years later, I had my first child at 22. But I still had to make a major decision. A child abuse case came up, which my sisters had to be a part of going through what? They're going to live with their mom or they're going to live in, up here in, in Detroit. So I had to testify against, you know, my mom and dad and my sisters to make that decision who my sisters was going to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And once again, throw it in the fire you get when you are dealing with a household or dealing with people that have bad habits of keeping secrets not telling you the full story and you find out snippets and you find out late and you find out the last minute so when I found that out I had to they already talked to the prosecutors already they already talked to the lawyers so I had to flow with the story whatever they had so I still understand, say what I said, and that was the decision. That was been 2007, been over 10 years now. Sisters grew up in Detroit. I stayed my life in Philadelphia. So the question you asked me was, was the question you asked me, for example, I don't know because I think they lost that sense of, because they moved from Philly when they was 12. So they haven't really lived here since that time. I'm the only one that stayed here. Okay. So if they looking at me as the example, I don't know because they got their own lives now. I don't get a, I don't get a call and say, bro, you know, I need advice on this. So nope, I, I don't get those calls. You know, I, I don't get that call. So I'm getting ready to meet my sister's husband for the first time in June. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, boy, from can to paint, but I got to meet you like this. So this is what I'm dealing with. Right. Finding out stuff late. People keeping secrets. Finding out your dad being sick late. Your dad, you, you last one to find out about your dad dying. So this is what I'm dealing with. You know what I'm saying? So as far as like seven examples, it all comes from in, a, in, a, in a, from the very beginning, like a man and a woman having a child. It's supposed to be co-equal. You can't have no divided situation. Like, oh, well, well, he gonna listen to me. He ain't gonna listen to you. Like, like that simple dressing thing. You getting dressed? Mm-hmm. It could have been an evil single fix. Like, honey, listen, I write it for my son. Can my son just wear this for me? Listen, I want my son to like me. It could have compromised. Now, the fighting and all that—that that was a bad example because I dealt with that. But my fighting was behind closed door. I heard the bumping and the screaming. You know what I'm saying? He coming out with scars on his arm, bleeding. My mom throwing irons at him, glass bottles at him. So it's things that I see, you know what I'm saying? What I'm now, as far as what, what the arguments is about, don't know. My pop was a private man and then telling me about what's going on. Now, I can figure it out from the bumping and the arguing in the room. But now, dealing with it as a grown man, I can figure it as maybe my pop was doing something that he wasn't supposed to do. Now, for one example, he got a bookmark from a female with his, his name engraved this argument. My mom was mad. It felt like my pop lied about it. Where did it come from? And what is the level of why this female got a bookmark with your name engraved in it? Mm-hmm. So I just look at it like is is it also starts about how the unit is from the very beginning, from top to bottom. Because if you go to the unit where the 
y'all don't have no type of uh, coexistence. Say if your child grew older and your daughter, you know, she got the Pacific order. Um, my mama told me not to do it, but let me see if my dad gonna let me do it. Let me see if I get older. Let me see if my right. dad gonna playing each other. And then now, you got a decision to make and say, no, then your mom said, you, you gonna do that? Don't come to me. That's disrespectful. If your mom said no, then I'm gonna say no. That's where the teamwork comes in at. No matter if you may not agree. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't undermine wife, each other. Right. right. But, your, but your wife or your has spoken to the child. She got the first order. Now, you decide to go against the order, that's when y'all have to come together and say, listen, this is what it is. Y'all got to talk about that. Now, it's important to get divided. Like, well, like my situation, my dad told me not to go to the basketball game. My, my, dad, my mom told me I could. So now I'm sitting where I ran away because I didn't know, I didn't want to deal with that ass whooping. I didn't want to deal with that yelling. I didn't want to deal with that. So I ran away. So that caused all types of confusion and all that. So it all starts with the cohesiveness of making a decision for the kid together. But does, uh, I feel like ultimately falls into what you were saying earlier when you brought up preparation. Right. Like being prepared for something so when it hits you, it's like a tap on the back is what you said, right? Right. You don't know what you're preparing for exactly. Because that was my question. That was my counter question. Like how do someone knows what to be prepared for or even if they know that they're prepared? Let me go, right? Because I'm going to piggyback off of his story about mm-hmm. the, the example that you was questioning before, before I get to the second question, mm-hmm. being prepared. So, like he said, instead of, or while doing homework, I'm changing my sister's diaper or I'm helping my brother, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Dealing with somebody younger than me, five years younger than me, then dealing with somebody who I believe she is 10 years younger than me. So, at the time, she might be two, and I'm, I'm 12. My brother is seven. You know what I'm saying? So I'm helping him with his homework, and then I'm changing diapers still. And doing that for X amount of years while my grandma just worked away and my mom ran the streets doing whatever she wanted to do, X, Y, Z, I didn't know that that was preparing me for now I got this baby girl here and I'm on top of certain things like knowing how to change a diaper without somebody having to teach me or um, knowing how to how to cater to certain little things. Now, I still need that that assistance. I still need that help and that support from, from my, my partner, but certain things that I didn't know was preparing me for what was to come down the line. How to look over, how I looked over my siblings is how I look over my friends and family because that's all I know. The people that's around me at the time, my mom wasn't really around to show me how to look over somebody nurturing like or attentiveness. My grandma was all the, always at work. So I got this example where I'm supposed to work mm-hmm. to take care, to provide. My grandma made sure the bills stayed paid and we kept a roof over our head, even though she complained about all those things. So I took away that. That prepared me for what I'm doing right now. I'm paying the car note. I'm paying bills. I, I got the, the house. And then I have this 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 nurturing attentiveness about me with my kid, with my kids, because I had to take care of my brother and my sister by myself for days and days out, days and days out. My grandma worked three jobs and my mom spent her shifts in the streets. Those examples from my grandma and from my mom and the example that I said, when I look back through an older lens, it's like, damn, all of this came back full circle. I have a question for you. Go ahead. I don't want to cut you off, though. No, I'm just done. Go ahead. Um, so even though your grandma was there working three jobs, I can imagine her presence was rarely felt until she was there. Yeah. Do you feel like that's something you could slip into? 
What you mean? In a sense of, you know, just working. Because you know, like, oh, you're doing what you know. Your grandma, she was always working, always grinding, always out the house. Do you um, feel like you might be mirroring that? Yes. Yes. So right now I drive. And that's really time consuming. Even with just the two routes that I got, right? Mm -hmm. It's really time consuming. And I find myself, although we kind of have some savings or we're budgeting or, you know, we're financially making the best decisions, you know, with whatever we have at our disposal, I still find myself stressing, overly stressing, thinking that this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and I need to be working more to to have money to do whatever with. But going to pay more bills versus maybe spending some time with my family and using that extra few hundred dollars to actually bring the family closer, um, to actually be there, what's the present? really spending that time being there present. My grandma wasn't able to spend that time present. Being present. Yeah, like on the weekends we got John Walsh, America's Most Wanted, maybe some Chinese food. You know, that's back when I was growing up. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? But besides that one day, those few hours, she's gone. And I'm looking at myself right now, that was a great question. I'm looking at it right now in the moment. Comparing. I'm saying, damn, I am damn near mirroring that, almost, because she could tell you. I'm busy, but the bi- it's not the busy that I'm that I'm looking to be with the life that I'm going for. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm just busy working somebody else's job, making somebody else rich. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of people. That's honestly, if I could spitball it, that's like about eighty-five percent of the population. Now you got the ones that that they work multiple jobs versus the ones that might just have one, but they still might be working eighty hours a week trying to. It's a hamster wheel, but you got to think. If most people are dealing with the hamster wheel, but then you got the people that's dealing with the hamster wheel that they got the extra stuff on top of it, not just worrying about my house. You worried about because some people got to choose. Like that's where I'm at. Like when I'm out the house doing the, you know, the man thing, working whatever it is, yeah, I'm making money. But it's stuff that's more important to me not getting done. As much money as I can make. Oddly, that's not my number one thing, making money, which is the conflict because that goes against what I was taught. Like, because from my mom, she the only one, so she had to work, like, like his grandma, had mm-hmm. to work, wasn't no choice. Don't work, don't eat. Like, she ain't qualified for no welfare, nothing. She like, was making money. Wasn't no per- wasn't no per- and so really, she wasn't. <laughs> I saw the stubs, eventually, mm-hmm. like thirty-two thousand. The probably line twenty. From twenty to under, just under forty, which she probably maxed out at with the the overtime. Like that's all struggle, because once you go above twenty and stuff, you don't get no program. So. Them gas bills in the, in the wintertime, like all that stuff. Like I'm pretty sure me and my deal with all that. Gas bills. Yeah. Like, bruh, and, and that and that rage you felt, like when she came home and something was out of place, that's because she was killing herself. Like a lot of these people in this country is. And especially if you only buy yourself and you don't have the other partner, I don't care what you into. If you ain't got that other put the other piece, that's I'll let you go that through that. Also comes with your partner letting you be the man that you need to be. And vice versa. If you have a partner. Right. I have a partner. Like I said, I have a partner. 
you know, the cohesiveness with the money is cool. Like, we got that, you know, line on line. We won't do that. It's no really no, I can trust her with money. And she trusts me with money. But it's also about discipline. Because if you, like, my, like for example, from my, my household, my dad was about giving what you need. My mom wanted to give you what you want. So my dad was trying to raise us as, I can't give you what you want all the time, but I give you what you need. That was the vocal point. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as spending time, like I'm, I, I can't say that I was a part of no family dinners at like this. So what I'm saying is, yeah, as much as more of money's important, don't forget about the values. Like, you know, had that time at supper time, two times a week. All right, come collectively. What happened? So if y'all can't come, all right, a week started from on Sunday. So by the time Saturday come or that Sunday come around again, y'all should have like a collective dinner. Like, what's going on during the week? How did you feel? What's, what's going on in your mind mentally, babe? What's going on in your mind? What happened to you today? How do you feel about that particular? These are questions that's going to help bind y'all as a family. When a baby get older, when she sit there at mm-hmm. seven years old and she didn't came from preschool class or she didn't came from kindergarten, she came from first grade, being in full in debt, like, what's going on in this class, honey? How's she dealing with? Like, my daughter right now dealing with billion. She almost got it spelled. They gave her grace. She can't be a part of activities for a month. But that's also comes from her not feeling like she didn't get attention. She getting abandoned. And me not paying attention to her. Uh, I'm not even a, the real dad, but I'm the, like the father dad. So you're still a father figure, yeah, and so that's why you're here figure, today. So that's, you know, she called me best friend. So when I see that, you know, she tell me I feel empty inside. We had the same inner kind of kind of talks. I'm having this type of talks with an 11 year old. That's how I know that she, how I can feel what she feels. So that's always made that time for that time. Matter you want to rule, whatever. These come together once or twice a week. Y'all got to have that to keep that intact. So that kind of goes into to what I was saying in the beginning. Standards set by you now with the standards set before you. Y'all, we kind of just really went deep diving into the standards and stuff that was set before us, right. the way life was before us. What about the complications now trying to reverse engineer? Like how you just spoke about, Nas. I'm sure, I'm sure that your folks didn't ask you about your days in kindergarten, your days in first grade, because I damn sure know, and I spoke about this with my guys, my mom, grandma, didn't have the time, or at least I feel like they didn't have the time, nor did they care in some respects. I have to say that, because if they did, the question would have gotten asked. When I asked this question, I said, did your parents ever ask you, like, how did your day go, or what did you do today, or or ask you, what are you interested in to try to support you and help you invest into that? My guys took that and was just like, wow, like, they thought about it for a couple of days that simmered and resonated and they came back to me multiple times and was like, bro, they never, they never asked us those questions. And I said, my point is exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's these little things that you just spoke about, mm-hmm. these standards that go unnoticed or just neglected mm-hmm. that we have to reverse engineer in ourselves because I'll come home and not ask my girl about her day or ask the child, the children about their day. Right. Because we let... The stuff of the day, the problems of life, and things going on around us, the, the little simple answers, the little yeah. couple, like, the for in the morning, for example, you don't know how you make your girl feel if, or you make your man feel if you just woke up in a room, rolled over and say, bae, you know, it's going to be a good day. You may not feel like going to work today, but I'm going to let you know that it's going to be a good, keep your day, your head up. That goes far. That goes far. Because you didn't put that in my mind. Now... So my girl didn't manifest it. Yeah, so now my girl didn't back me, and now I don't have to worry about having a bad day because my girl encouraged me on a good day. She woke up in a good mood. Now your girl wake up to like give you attitude and really don't care. Your day start off like that, then you gonna have it on your mental. So it's all about 
the the how you starting that off. Right. You know what I'm saying or whatever. So uh, you said something I was gonna point home to, but I forgot already. But um, you said because <laughs> I got so much going on in my mind. Because every it's time right. you speak or you speak, everything that I'm dealing with right now is coming. From, is like I'm dealing with it. Like it's in my face. Like absolutely. This is eleven year old that I'm that I'm responsible for. She's dealing with the issues that I've dealt with. A vanity issue. Her father don't care. Her father not paying attention to her. Um, she feel alone. She feel weird. She feel like nobody's tearing her. She feel like she's in a room screaming. Nobody can hear her. So uh, you know, and I can relate to that as a man, thirty six year old man to right. an eleven year old. Right. So my girl asked me, "Why are you having these conversations with her?" Listen. Because I get it. I, I get it. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 if you know, you know. Yeah. She's not talking to She's not talking to. She's not talking to her father about the situation. She's talking to me. So now I look at it like my daughter's 14. So you 11. You're not too many much far off as her. So, uh, yes, um, to asking them questions about your day, that's very goes intact because, like I said, my abuse started from early. I had cousins abuse me. So my abuse didn't start in elementary school. It started in Fannie Man. Mary Fannie Man was being jealousy, envy, home, yeah. not liking me, stuff like that that I had to understand. Why y'all want to fight all the time? Why y'all – you know, I didn't know what roasting was. You know, I'm, you know, my mindset was, you know, I'm trying to get along with you. Let's have a good time. Let's laugh, giggle. Let's not try to hurt each other's feelings or nothing like that. Oh, they want to fight. They want to bust. I didn't know none of that. I didn't know what that See, was. Me either, right. You know I'm saying? I didn't know that, what that was. And then I found out what it was. And that's the, how we act as men. That's we how we run. interacted growing yeah, up. Saying? So now I understand it. But uh, I couldn't come to my pop and say, yo, um, somebody bullying me today. I don't know how to deal with the situation. Now his 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 words was, "Rumble, <laughs> don't come to me or telling I'm gonna beat me that." Your ass. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I remember, I, remember my, my I, remember, I remember my first rumble. I was five, <laughs> yeah. five years old with the mid Mike with the mid Michael Elementary School up bottom West Philly. At my first rumble, I told the bull bull came home. My dad said the bull pickling me. He said, "Why are you telling me for? You gonna run around there and fight him, or you gonna come and get these?" So he took me around there. He said, "Point me, to point the boy out." He said, "Are right, you messing with my son?" All right, I want a fair one. He made sure I got my fair one. Made sure. So, even from that, I can say different stories from that, but just don't forget about the time. That time and the questions that, you know, interacting of what's really going on with your family, that's important more than money, bro. I have a question for you. You, just, uh, you explained how mm-hmm. you went to your dad. Mm-hmm. He kind of dismissed your feelings and said, yeah. You only got one option here. Yeah. As a father or a father figure, mm-hmm. would you carry it that same way? How would you, or if not, how would you do it different? Um, not to be, not to be dismissive. When somebody comes to me about their feelings, this is what me and um, me and this gentleman was talking about here earlier in the months about uh, being accountable for feelings and being accountable for people's feelings. Uh, that's where empathy, sympathy, compassion, all that comes in that line. Yeah. So when a child comes to me about how they feel, I listen, um, find out where the core is, why they feel that way. Because that's where it starts off, why you understand the person anyway's feelings, to find out what the core is or how they feel. The next step is um, putting yourself in them shoes. You know, can you relate? Right. Uh, and try to draw some understanding. Now, the dismissing, 
that I felt was all right. We was taught, you know, we was taught to be shut up, not hurt. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't fuck around here crying or none yeah. of that. Yeah, you a man. Yeah. So as a man now, um, being though I dealt with abandonment, I still don't feel hurt. I still feel that way. Do certain people when I speak, uh, my girl, for example, my pop, for example, and certain family members. So I always feel like my voice is not really there. I mean, right. you know, so um, right now I would treat it differently. I would definitely be more keen into what they telling me and how they feel and not be so dismissive and really see what's going on with them. Same question for you, Twan. Doing it differently, man. And th- and I had showed him on my phone. I said, damn, he took the words right off my mouth. My man, I'm phone. good. <laughs> <laughs> I said, am, am I the host? What's going on? Like, he took the, I literally got I'm it sorry. right here. What was your childhood like with or without the parents or dad? And what are you doing differently? And he literally just asked you that. That's beautiful. That's the syn- That's the synchronicity of what we're talking about and what we're discussing and what we've been through mm. separately, mm. but how it brought us together on this journey today. So go ahead, bro. I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about how you want to approach things differently versus how you grew up and what you have vi- witnessed and experienced. Um, I'm, trying to, uh, I'm trying to carve it out. I don't have an example, so it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally at a chisel, and I'm just trying to, trying to just, 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 just carve it out, sculpt it. Like, but it's, you know, it's hard because I don't know what to go off of. Like, it's like. But you're making um, your own art. Trying to like, well, and, and it's hard because, especially well, it's gotten a little easier, um, through, uh, I guess, wisdom, and certain knowledge. Acquired. That's key. Um, but not not exact, but know how to use it. Like n- yes. not just knowing it, but man, like it's really it's like the the world's one of the world's craziest experiments. Like, and I'm just like, it's like imagine yourself in a chemistry lab, and you don't know what none of these beakers is filled with. <laughs> <laughs> like you just pouring shit inside of other shit. He's gonna do that a lot. He's good at that. He's gonna do that all season. <laughs> like you don't have no safety goggles, so some, some smoky shit splash back in your face. You don't know what to do. And it's like, and then you turn and you look at the world, and they just like, what you looking at me for? Right. I ain't like, tell you to do that shit. <laughs> like, like not even that. It's just like, it is what it is. Like, I, I almost got that tatted on me. I didn't hear that shit so many times. <laughs> it is what it is. Mm. Like, no matter what it was. And and that, and, and, and that's kind of the, the mindset I, I kind of got going through it. Like, just trying to have blinders on. Like, you you, you walking you walking on coals and, and getting burned on your back, too. Like, and it's, and it's like... The shit hurt like hell, but you just got to keep moving forward, yo. And then wherever you find the cool spots at, appreciate the fuck out of it. But even that, you got to keep going. Like, and it's really been trial and error because um, I have no example. Like, I used to literally say to, oh, my mom was my dad, shit. Like, literally, that was me. Like, because I didn't know, I didn't know that was bullshit. I didn't know how much <laughs> bullshit that really was. <laughs> No disrespect to my mom, R.I.P. R.I.P. She she really did the best she could. Mom Darlene. And and that's even another piece because 
If I'm being 100, it's her fault. It was one of those situations. Hold, it's not his fault at all. It's accountability. That's all it is. It's not It's not about fault, right? Because some words is negative. No, I'm going to say this because a lot of people can lean and say, oh, this nigga, man, he ain't do X, Y, Z. Even if mom was a little toxic, he probably didn't make the best effort anyway. Like, whoever that nigga is, he ain't have a choice at all. I can say say today, this nigga don't even know I exist. That's heavy. So, so what I'm doing, let me just last piece is what I'm doing yeah. is just you know trying trying to paint that picture for my kids that that that, that I never got. You know what I mean, like um, just trying to uh, stay away from like like the 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 poison that's 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 inside. Like trying to like really because you know you say you get bit by a snake, you gotta. Like some people like, like they the suck it out, like, mm-hmm. and it's like trying Pause. to do that. Yeah, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we probably all eat pussies, so yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's 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 like a yeah, doing that to help. It don't change the fact that you got bit. It don't change the fact that you got poisoning your mouth. Right. So I want to say for me, um, I tried my best to identify a lot of things from my own childhood, which I didn't think was okay and I would have it. If it was up to me, it would have been this way for me. You know what I mean? So when it comes to my daughter... What I'm doing differently is I treat her like a fucking human. A human that's capable of having her own fucking thoughts. Thank you. (laughs) Her own craving. Like, just... Because she has to acknowledge herself. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? I I ask her, well, what do you want to eat today? What do you think? What do you want to eat for dinner? I didn't have that luxury. It was like, yo, you eat what I make. Or you don't eat at all. Or you don't eat at all. That's that's one of the famous lines I was going to quote. Another one? Go ahead. I'm like, yeah, what do you want to eat today? She's like, oh, I I think I could do this. Yeah, that my way to highway shit don't exist in my house. It doesn't exist in my house. I give her free will because she's a fucking human. And she needs to learn herself. I cannot dictate that process yeah like i want her to develop as a person so i give her free range as, as long as she she knows is right is wrong disrespect from yeah respect i let her do whatever like now with that hmm? you said free will man that was no free will in our household it was <laughs> you do what we tell you you do well, you get the fuck out. Right. And that's my job. That's why I'm sitting here right now. Like, right. no, I'm changing it. What I'm saying is, like, um, the reason why I brought that up is uh, being, a, being a part of a strict uh, household. Um, I'm still, because I also was told, like, you know, your parents not your friends. You know, I'm here to be a parent at all. And sometimes the kid can get it twisted. And uh, we friends. And now you're talking to me like you, you're my boy or something. Or you talking to me like you're girlfriend. No. It has to be like I guess some type of line drawn in there, because at the end of the day, you still rule your household. Even though she's 
even though she will have her own decisions and not, it still has to be okay. Um, this is this is what's not happening in my household. This is not. This of course, it's that's happening. that's respect. Yeah. Your kid can still be your friend. Yeah, but I don't know how to def- see me. I don't know how to. Def- they def- trust their friends. I don't know how to def- <laughs> because I'm not. First of all, friends. Your parents are going to tell you some things that your friends not going to tell you. What is different levels of friends? And what the you know what to do? Your friends gonna tell you from something from a friend's perspective. Your your parents gonna tell you something from a parent's perspective, from inner from experience. A life perspective, a experience. Life perspective or experience of what happened versus of what your friends are gonna say. So I don't know how to be. I don't know how to be you know cool with my son and my daughter. But when, it, when I'm in father mode, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying or whatever. Like me, I probably gotta learn how to take my foot off the gas pedal as far as like like raising and as far as like you know. Uh, no, letting the reins go, trusting you, right? And you know, able to what to do because the world crazy now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna let my son go to school by himself. Like my mom let me go to school by myself when I'm five, six, seven years old. You know what I'm saying? So things different back in the day is different from today. Some yeah. things I'm not gonna do right. You know what I'm saying? As they did. You know what I'm saying? Now, as far as like for one of the examples of, I ain't never had no company. I ain't never wasn't. My friends could come over. Now. Yeah, I ain't have that either. Now, now my now my son and my do- my fo- now my son and my daughter, I want them to have a company. I want them to have that luxury of having a sleepovers and, you know, able to spend on their friend house if they good. You know, come and meet me friends. So, when you come down as doing something different, as how you was raised, you know, what I'm saying a strict household. They couldn't come over. Couldn't be in my mom and pop house. You couldn't send me a picture when people want to uh, your leg up on the couch and think it's cool or nothing like that. So it's it's a I think it's about how strict you want to be. Or what kind of foundation you want to build? Because my pop was a military man. Right. I wanted to know if you still was building, if you still got that on your mind. Because I know you was in the middle of, you was yeah. in the middle of your sentence. Oh, what do you mean? All right, never mind. No, no, no. What sentence? You was talking about the free will that you give your daughter to to allow her to make her own decisions, and you're not you're not being a restraint to her. Yeah, and I don't. You was, you um, was building on that, and it, I thought I thought it was I, really interesting. I was building on it. Yeah, I that that's how I am with her. Um, that's my child. She has my weird brain. All of that. So my job is to cultivate it in a way that it was never cultivated for me. You know what I'm saying? So she can get a little farther in life than I was able to. And try to limit the anxiety and everything that she might be tormented with as of one day because I know that's how this shit was for me. I don't hit my child like not no more. I stopped that a while a long time ago. Like I talked to her. And what he was saying about the you know, I'm not your friend stuff. Like that's that's what they used to say to us. They used to say, oh, I'm not your friend whatever. But honestly I feel like the only way for them to trust you and feel comfortable around you to talk to you you have to be a friend. Fuck all that parent shit. Like the, the idealism that comes with being a parent kind of destroys the human interaction. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, a child is still a person who are capable of thinking their own thoughts, capable of having their own emotions, their own feelings. Yeah, I never. I so I never started. I got older because it was suppressed. Yeah, you Everything wanna, you want don't. Yeah, much. no, you want to talk to these, you want to talk to them like a person. Yeah. 
and then they look at you more. They like, you know what? I could talk to you. I could trust you. Yeah, I didn't talk to And you you so. give me advice. And you're like, babe, don't do that. That's just, I'm gonna tell you why I don't do that. And then like, you know, yeah. with the experience you gotta explain life experience. Our parents didn't explain yeah. their life experience as to why we shouldn't be doing certain they things. Just say, don't do it. They just say don't do it. You gotta break it down to them like, yo, this is why. This is how people move, this is how people act. And they be like, You really talking to me like a thorough right. All right, I get it. Good luck, mm-hmm. and then as I get older, I'll see for myself. Good luck, Dad. That was good luck. Like I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I hold it down with my child. I teach her how to be her own independent person. She's six years old, bro. She's making fucking ham, cheese sandwiches, peanut butter and jellies. Right. She's making her own cereal and shit. She does shit for herself, and she doesn't have to ask. We grown as grownups, bro. That's as grownups, as men. That's the difference, right there. Do you have to ask somebody to eat? Nope. Listen, that's what we. Why have. do your child have to ask you to eat? Right. I don't know. You hear the silence. It's like <laughs> what is is so crazy? But that's how we all. That's how we grew up. So when I see you had your hand up, I got you. That's how we grew up. We had to literally ask for everything, be shot down about it, or be told straight, uh, blunt to our face that what we're thinking, saying, feeling doesn't matter as it pertains to this. And we hear that so much that it kind of just carried into adulthood. Go ahead, Swan. Yeah, I mean, just to piggyback off that real quick, it's like, yeah, like, it don't, it, or it, it didn't, past tense. Like, it, it didn't matter as much, because, you know, what do you know? Like, that's pretty much, like, like and, and they had a point to the extent, you know, I don't know much, but, like you said, I'm a person. We all have innate instincts for things like eating. <laughs> like, you know? And don't get me wrong, uh, especially in America, we abuse the, the, the action of eating. You know, it's a little more pleasure than it should be, but I think you should be able to enjoy the shit that you stick it in your fucking mouth and chew it up and put it in your stomach. <laughs> and you gotta go out and go to the bathroom and deal with it later on. I think you should enjoy that. But <coughs> it's like, that, it, it, it was like a like a bubble, and 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 that's where I was. Like I was in this bubble of uh, like forced to to live by somebody else's perspective. And don't get me wrong, when you're a kid, you gotta do that to an extent because you're a kid. You don't you don't pay no bills. You don't know nothing. You gotta learn and grow into an. Uh, gotta learn how to adapt, right? Because you don't yeah. see you don't see everything. Yeah. But uh, but at the same time, like I said, like I have to like looking at other. Like, look at other, I could say, other young people, especially today with the internet and stuff. Like, you got young people that's out here doing amazing shit out here, like, on some real shit. And you talk, a lot of times, you talk to your parents, they be like, oh, they was in their shit, they was two. Some shit like that. Like, it's like, oh, fuck, they out here singing and some shit like that, like, or whatever it is, playing piano. And it's like, that's because they let that shit, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I literally saw this little young boy was this little Travis Barker-ass little young boy. On the drums. Yeah. like <laughs> And it's like, just imagine that as mm. his parent, though. Mm. Like, having to let him bang on the motherfucking drums. Like, and be like, not be on not something like, yo, boy. that shit loud as shit, stop. Like, bro, no, I don't do that shit right now. I'm trying to go to sleep. how to drum. <laughs> <laughs> like, hearing that shit, like, being, like we was in uh, Will Studio in Southwest, like, they had a drum set in there. Like, if... if like it's the ability to uh, be aware enough to not discourage your kids. Right, because I have a kid who's interested in, in, in the arts, and um, 
I'm not gonna say it's not hard sometimes because she walks around singing all fucking day, and I mean all day, and it's like sometimes I remember I was chastising her about something, and she started fucking singing, and like in the oh man, and as an angry person, that shit almost <laughs> sent me because like in my mind, even though that's not you. what she meant, but I almost like absorbed the essence of my mom, like because my mom would have sent me through the wall, like. She was like, I felt like I was, it was like military, like how she was like, when she addressed you, regardless if you're saying something hurtful or not, you better be stoked. Like, if she hits you, you better be stoked. What you crying for? I give you something You just punch me in the mitt. I'm yep. gonna give you some cry for it. You already did. That's the fa- that was the other famous joint I was great to tell you. You crying? You want me to give you something to cry about? Like, but you already that? got me crying. And I try not to do that to my kid. Like, I right. literally, but. You know, the boys is kind of harder because I feel like you do need to give them a bit of tough love. Mm. But um, my daughter, like, I said, I, I, I never hit her or whatever. Um, I mean, her mom's around, so I don't necessarily have to feel that role, like, me getting on her, like, verbally. And even that, I try to be careful because, like, um, I, I, like I'm, I'm not a woman, but I know that they can take certain things differently, like, like especially coming from a man, like like an actual man, like and right. I, like I'm fairly large, so I feel like I could like do more damage than her mom probably could beating her. Like so, I try to be careful on that. Like like as far as like when I was saying, as far as you gotta you gotta give them. You can give them like you say everything he was saying, but also you gotta let them know I'm giving you a choice by choice. You have a choice, but it's by choice. Like, we have to try to eliminate the entitlement. Because that's one thing the, gener- the generation coming up behind us is, is, is so, so much of. Like, they have so much entitlement. Like, oh, feeling like people owe them. And don't get me wrong, in certain aspects, maybe your parents or something, maybe. But outside of that, no. And that's one thing, as dads, we got to prepare our kids for life. Right. Yeah. I know Nas, you your way. Nas, your yeah, Nas, yeah. Nas was yeah, ready was to go. Patient, as I'm collecting my thoughts mm-hmm. as I'm hearing, um, like what I heard, uh, when you talk about children, um, when you said about connecting with your daughter um, as she's a human, mm-hmm. um, being though that she's human, because I had a lot of human moments, uh, um, what, what, what I can't grasp around is as a child and even as a man, dealing with the emotion what's going on in my mental state as far as like uh um do you show your daughter do you do you show your daughter a, a love and affection or do you allow her to be able to be on you because i i felt that you know when i wanted to, to to be on my mom or i wanted to be on my dad oh i don't want you no know, get off me right now i ain't got time right now or you wanted to show no, a little love and affection it's beautiful you asked that for two reasons because yes i give her all the love and affection mm-hmm. like she she just it's instinctual for her now mm-hmm. when she'll sit next to me mm-hmm. to just throw her legs up for the hell you know what I mean like like that is beautiful it's, it's an instinctual thing like she she chooses to sleep with me mm-hmm. cuddle with me and everything and also another reason why I feel like that was a great question that you asked um when it comes to her mental state mm-hmm. I'm aware that there might be certain things that she won't be 
she might not feel as comfortable with mm-hmm. speaking to me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Even though like she knows she can talk to me about anything, but she might not feel as comfortable speaking to me. So I said this years ago, and I do plan this. As soon as she twelve turns twelve or thirteen, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put her in therapy. Okay. Not to say there's anything ain't wrong, wrong with her because you know when it comes to therapy yeah. that comes with like a bad connotation it, does. it, it means like it's does. like oh that means I'm, I'm something bad, wrong with you you fucked up all of this and more to come for me is <laughs> i'm gonna put her in therapy because this is therapy fellas. you're 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 coming into being a woman and you're gonna have emotions and feelings that you don't know how to you know what i mean you're not gonna feel the best with talking about with your parents That'll help you get through that. Now, the, the, the piggyback off that, mm-hmm. uh, emotions goes, I learned, as me being a father figure for somebody else's child, uh, emotion goes both ways. Uh, remember the night that me and you talked, uh, and I was feeling that night, you know, I was going through thoughts, emotions about my dad and my brother, you know, not being here yeah. and feeling worthless. You heard you say that on the phone. So yeah. Baby girl sitting right there on the couch, you know, she's beginning to cry. So that's why I end up knowing that you have a moment where your daughter's feeling what you feeling. I think she may not know what's going on here, detail what's going on here, but she feels. She feels your emotion. She feels the emotion. So when I was feeling, when I was crying to myself to him, she said, she wasn't part of the conversation. She was like, you know, I want you to feel like you're worthless. I don't want you to feel like I want you to let you know that I love you and that we're here for you or whatever off the conversation. So. The emotion about being there for your child as far as like showing them love and affection and all that and drilling it in their head, they can do it and all that, this becomes vital to their mental. Me, I don't know what it looks like. So that's when I, I realized that I'm still dealing with, I don't know what really what love looked like from a female because my mother uh, had this sometime in relationship with me. That's why I can feel what you feel about your mother. Right. Um, my dad it was a hard-nosed bro, you know, it's this. That's it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I'm learning how to be humane with my children. And that's fucked up that we have to learn how to be fucking human with our kids because we've just been through some shit that was inhumane. Raised in survival right. mode. Right. That's <laughs> what we were. We were raised in <laughs> literally the didn't kill you. Made you, you stroke. Are. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. every time I've ever <laughs> felt anything, bust my head wide open, <laughs> fell on my face, broke my tooth, like, all the way down to the nerve, you ain't you ain't dead. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you're right. It's dismissive <laughs> like, and it's condescending, bro. It's, it's, that shit ain't cool. left on the table there. Like, this yeah. is just... Just to say the least, like, yeah. So, raising survival mode. Nipsey used to talk about this shit so much. He said, "Black people gotta get out of survival mode. Stop playing defense, play offense with your life." And I think it's dead, like, especially black dads. But what if you don't know how to we play? De- what if exactly. Don't play offense? We don't know. But what if you don't know how to play? We all offense? Dennis Robbins. Like, we don't yeah, know we how to <laughs> rebound, but we don't know how to score as the, as a father. Like. We, we, we're on defense from the world, from maybe your own family. Because like, we do what we know. We right. All we do is what we know. Right. And in the grander scheme of things, you got to look at our parents yeah. and their parents. Mm-hmm. All they did is what they know. And yeah, I, it fucked us up. 
Mm-hmm. But they was just doing simply what, what they, they knew. And mm-hmm. that goes right into what he, the question he was asking. He was like, how do you play offense and and applying the changes and and wanting to yeah. defy you all be definitions. In, you you got to be in tune. Defensive all your life, bro. When, when that's you all you know, right? Yeah, you have yeah, to be in tune. You have to be in tune with yourself. You have to be able to look back at your life and be like, pinpoint the things that was not okay. That connect the dots to who you are, mm-hmm. and then once you acknowledge it, you got to uproot those things. That's right. Yeah, and you got to constantly look back and do that. And that yeah. shit hurts. That's facing the truth twenty four seven. When you look back and say, "Damn, I'm just like my mom in this aspect. I'm just like my grandma in this mm-hmm. aspect. Mm-hmm. God damn, I never even met my dad until I came home from jail. But I'm just like my dad in this aspect. Like, mm-hmm. what? I got to uproot <laughs> all of these things. Right. And then it's like, damn, I'm I'm putting some of this this some of these traits that was put on me as a child by my parents, I have to recognize that in the moment, not later, I try to catch it in the moment. Or if you catch it later, that's good too. But in the moment, I'm catching it like, damn, am I being more like my grandma right here? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, baby girl might come up and be, you know how children are, they just excited to go somewhere or to do something and they're gonna repeat it time and time again. Mm-hmm. I used to be that way. I got shut down so much about doing that same thing or just had it just taken away from me mm. that now it is instilled in me that when any child because i've been I've, i'm now a father but i've also played the stepfather position because i've dealt with women that had kids right mm-hmm. so anytime a child was excited about doing something it's just automatically in me instinctually like to, mm-hmm. to just be on some like get the fuck out my face kid mm-hmm. like i don't care mm-hmm. like <laughs> and that's from what my parents displayed like just outright Mm. I would want to go do something or see Twan and Tez and them go to the park or something and I'm excited thinking I'm great to go and they shut me down or I'm excited about yeah, something that I got or something that I did mm. and they just shut me down and I was just like wow so I guess this is just how it is okay so now when I'm as I'm growing as a parent wanting to define mm. defy all definitions I got to look at what has defined me so far mm. and it's the things that I had nothing to do with I gotta reset the tone, fellas. This has been, this has been a great, great, great conversation. I want to say, I just want to add one thing. No one has to answer this question. This is just one of those like, oh, we could turn this off right here. Open ended, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, tripling back to what he said about preparation, right, right. And make sure y'all give y'all Facebook, Instagram, so people can continue the conversation with you personally. Okay. Going back to what he said about preparation. What if we were prepared to just do wrong? Wow. Mm. Gotta look at the upbringing and all of that stuff. Yeah. I can't say that right now. <laughs> we got it. We got it. We got it. How sad <laughs> shit happened. Mm. Like, like, you have any. I'm, I'm no, he, I know he played, but. I'm just guessing. Both of y'all play some type of sport. Or not yeah, sport, play ball, sport, yeah, right? yeah. So, especially if we talking about, I say basketball, but they play both offense and defense. Mm-hmm. You got the ball. I don't know. You try to do a dribble that you don't know how to do. <laughs> What's going to happen nine times out of ten if the person that is in front of you is strip? Have, exactly. I even get to get my sins out. <laughs> <laughs> strip. Now, if you don't want to come up with the ball, who's behind you? Nobody. So who's back there to stop him? <laughs> Nobody. Mm. Lay up. Now imagine doing that all game. And then getting to the end of the game and be like, 
What happened? Damn. <laughs> How we lose? <laughs> like that that's that's I can't speak to nobody else. That's how I feel. So he asked the question, like, I can't say right now. <laughs> While you're at it, give them your Instagram, Facebook, however you want uh, people to connect with you. Y'all can find me at uh capital M, capital F, uh lowercase N underscore G E E Z on everything. All or right. M U H as in Ma F U K underscore G's. It's a lot of letters, bro. No, it's just I spell it so <laughs> you know how to spell it. Instagram is, is retarded. If you don't spell it the right way, it don't pop up. So I um, don't gotta spell it. I just wanna say, man, this you know, break the chains, break the curses. Um, you know, raise a child they should go and when they get older they should not depart from it. Yeah, give them your Facebook, Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is OG, OCG, Naze Sway. That's my IG. Um, still getting used to the social media, so you can hit me up on there, DM me. Um, He's a man, fact, just call my phone. <laughs> 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 Any questions, feel free to ask. <laughs> um, that's, once again, that's OCG, Naze Sway. That's my IG. I'm about to be on the same types. Like, you know what? Yeah, it's Misfit. Um, two six seven. That's all you gotta say is Misfit. They know you, man. They know you. And I'm glad to have you as a friend. It is an honor to have you as a friend, as a brother, and as a co-host, executive producer. Same with these two guys. That's I just also saying. Say thank me. you for making this platform for all of us because Appreciate um this is therapeutic. This is therapeutic. Yeah. I, I, I wrote in my thumbnails, I, I would like to show you this right now. Definitely. Because I knew I was gonna forget. And I was going to tell you to name this episode that. This is therapy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> is, is, is That's a go. That's the name of this episode. So you can reach me on Facebook as Malachi, M-A-L-A-C-H-I, B-L-K Armstrong. And on Instagram, B-L-K underscore little, L-I-L underscore K-I-D underscore. And the black is B-L-K. That's going to conclude for this first episode of Defying All Definitions. And let me be clear about this part. You don't have to be a dad to defy all definitions in your life. All right? Y'all be blessed. Y'all take care.